We're recording. Yes, we are. What? What? It's a podcast. Okay, here <laughs> we go. Hello, Chris. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Hey, everybody. I'm great. I'm Matt Mari. Should I start calling you Sugar? Because you, you, that's like <laughs> I, I've noticed it's your tagline, and it's so like not me to say that, but I think just now I'm going to force it into the the episode as long as your wife doesn't mind you can call me sugar all you want i don't know my boyfriend might not like that no he won't care Um, my wife probably wouldn't like that no he's used to it everybody calls me sugar so he totally 100 percent is used to it um first of all we're doing a skype episode this is new so for those of you listening if you want to see how handsome chris is you can go to the my youtube page and i'll be posting the show there as well um and it's Seitzer, right? It's or Cider. Say your last name. Am I gonna mess it up? Cider. Cider. Okay. Okay. Like okay. Apple cider. I want to put a Z in it. Every time I spell it, I fuck it up. It, it, it's cool with a Z too, you know. So, but oh yeah, my show's different than your show. You can say fuck. You can say whatever you want, Chris. So <laughs> um so okay, Chris is. Uh, I just was on Chris's show that aired uh, this week, and so. Uh, I turned off my phone, but if that, so we're filming this episode on November 28th, just after Thanksgiving. So the episode aired last week. Um, you can go to his website, exboyfriendrecovery.com, and that's the whole, the podcast is called The Ex-Boyfriend Recovery. And normally I don't jump in, like, I talk about how we know each other and all that kind of stuff, but first, I'm serious, like, and I mean this with all the love in my heart, as someone who's a therapist, who I've done couples therapy, Couples therapy is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, it broke me many a time. So I want to say, like, how in the fuck did you decide that you want to, like, jump into this realm, and I love it, of, like, helping people like, either get over or get through their breakup with their ex-boyfriend? Like, you're, like, the handsome best friend to so many, like, thousands of women <laughs> across the world. Like, what inspired you to do this? Well, it's an interesting question, and really, it's uh, there was two. There, I guess there's two separate forces that kind of led me into this. Now, I will be the first one to tell you that if you were to ask me ten years ago, hey, you were going to be like a relationship consultant helping people through breakups, I'd be like, no, I'm not. You got the wrong guy. <laughs> but here I am. Here you are. <laughs> so, so initially it started. I have my, my background's originally in SEO, so search engine optimization. So I was really interested in mm. websites, what makes them work, how you get traffic to them, and I I must have started like. 15, 20 different websites, all were complete failures. And I was always trying to have that one win. And I always kind of approached it, not from a, a, which is the wrong position to have, but not from a position of trying to help people, but from a position of obviously, if you get traffic to a website, you'll make money. And so it, everything I tried in that way failed. Mm. And so at the same time, when I was like on this brink where I remember my, I was in college, I didn't really have any jobs lined up outside of college. I was going to graduate in a few semesters. And my dad, he was like, hey, you may have to quit like screwing around. You know, you, you have to get something like lined up. And so right when that was happening, I also had a friend who was going through a breakup and she found out like the day after the guy broke up with her that she was pregnant. Oh, and so that is like, wow, uh, she she was calling me. She was crying. And eventually she went online, started looking for advice and couldn't find anything that wasn't just kind of scammy trying to pitch you a product without Mm -hmm. maybe first building up some trust or Mm -hmm. actually giving you or trying to help you. And so 
I kind of got interested in it from a perspective of, well, I wonder what it actually takes to try to get an ex back because that was what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I did all of this research. I started buying all these psychological books and, and just kind of immersed myself into it. And I said, well, here's what kind of the experts recommend. Here's my own knowledge of what makes men tick. Here's what I think you should do. And then eight months later, she's back with him. And wow. so – it it worked out good for her, obviously, but it gave me, you know, the light bulb went off and I was like, wait, if she's having this problem, I wonder how many other women out there are having the problem. And so mm. I decided to just start creating a website with everything that I had learned and I didn't approach it from even wanting to make money at all. I was just so happy that people would come to the website, they would comment, and they trusted my advice, and, and I was helping people get back together. And in fact, it was actually my dad who was like, hey, you need to start monetizing this website because you're spending like five, six hours a day just answering people's comments and queries. Oh, wow. And I was so adamant against it, Matt. I, I swear to God, I was like, no, that I'm not going to sell out. I tried mm. that before. It didn't work. But eventually I broke down when mm. after five hours of answering people, I was like, I can't do this anymore for free. No. And so I, I wrote a book and you know, five years later, here I am. It's my full-time job. I, I, I put everything I have into it. High quality advice. I, I honestly- Oh, you give really great advice. So- yeah, that that was kind of the two forces that that merged to create ex-boyfriend recovery. So on the one hand, the business side of it, and then on the other hand, the helping people side of it. And I, I feel like I'm not like a licensed therapist like like you are. But well, I'm not licensed. I, I'm not licensed. Whoop, well, whoop, I, I'm. Well, I feel like a lot of I, I have met lots of therapists through through interviews and talking to them on my own podcast. And I feel like a lot of their advice isn't anything revolutionary. It isn't anything that I hadn't heard before. And I, I think agree. a lot of my knowledge can match up against what they can bring. And I think it comes out when I write, like every single article I write for my website is 5,000 words maybe. So it's like really in depth. I go overboard a little bit and yeah, I mean that that was a really long answer, but no. that's the Sugar. origin story of of Chris Sider and ex-boyfriend recovery. Wait, hey, I'm just watching you talk. It's just <laughs> no. And so, okay, I have to ask the girlfriend or the the friend that was pregnant that got back. To, are they still together? They actually got engaged, and then Whoa! he. Nah, it doesn't have the happy ending. Oh. Unfortunately, he ended up cheating on her. Oh. And she moved on as an engaged to someone else now, but I'm not sure whose fault it is completely because I didn't follow the situation past that. I kind of got focused on my own stuff, but I have definitely helped people get married. I, I did an interview with someone who, who used my products and stuff to get her ex back and get married. But again, I don't just help people get back with their exes. I help people try to move on from their exes as well. So, Well, and don't you think that in a way – Oftentimes, it just you know energetic. I'm a hippie to be California, so I know you're you're in Florida. So, but uh, but you know, it's like when I want a commercial or I really want a, a, a audition for, I really like put all my energy. It just doesn't happen, and it's oftentimes where I kind of let go and like and, and that it that it it's almost like I'm not controlling it as much or suffocating it. And it, so I'm wondering, even like how often have you worked with? with uh people that 
do you work with just women or do you work with like gay men too both, trying to get an ex-boyfriend? Uh, do you work with I, men trying to get men, a girlfriend back? Women, even gay, yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody. Okay. Every, every, I am, I am open to everyone. Everyone, everyone. Okay, so when somebody <laughs> has somebody ever said like, I don't want to get this person back. I'm just kind of want to work through this, but in their process of kind of getting over it, they ended up like getting back together. Because do you think they they, yeah. they got over it? Yeah, one of the really interesting things that I did is maybe a year ago, I had enough success stories, hundreds, where I felt like, okay, I can actually start looking and get, gathering some data on what these people are doing. Because if you have one or two success stories, yippee, that's great for you, but maybe you can't find the correlations between what these people are actually doing. Because oftentimes when I give advice, they pick and choose the parts of the advice that they like the most mm -hmm. and then implement it. Yeah, And so I had like hundreds of success stories. I took every single one and started looking at what people were doing. And one of the most shocking things I found was it was actually those people who had almost given up on their ex that got them back. Oh, wow. Maybe they're putting that vibe out there. I, I haven't quite found some sort of psychological reason behind why it works, but maybe it's just the different feeling that you're putting off when you simply aren't trying to get your ex back. Like you said, you're not trying so hard and, and suffocating it. Hmm. I, I have to say, like, I've interviewed oh, not a lot, some some people God, and don't talk, sell yourself no 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 I, yeah, don't sell, but no i talk i more i talk to people especially just in the field that i am in because i'm always trying to balance that i want to help people and i want to be entertaining but at the core of it i do really want to help people and i met so many people that i feel like really do want to help people but then they tell me kind of they're like oh i help people change their lives and da 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 and i'm like well what do you do and they're like well i have a seven page ebook that it, and like which is cool but then i like find it and it's just like kind of regurgitated bullshit yeah. and yeah. that you can get from watching one episode of like dr phil or that's or like steve harvey all that kind of bullshit but i really love that i feel like you one of the and this is a compliment because I've talked to a lot of fucking people about this and do this. Like you actually give really good concrete. You like walk the walk, man. Like you really like I've you know because I I don't know if you know this, but my goal is I want to have a pot. I want to have a uh, talk show. That's why I started my podcast because I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just well, do when, a talk when you show get your room. when you get your talk show, I, I better be guest number oh, one. No, you're gonna be <laughs> like you're gonna be my fucking Doctor Phil. You'll just be like. <laughs> No, 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 no! Don't be doctor. But you'll be like, you'll be my handsome relationship expert. It'll be great. Uh, I'm telling well, you. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point about the regurg, regurg I can't even talk regurgitated yeah. bullshit out there. The seven page ebooks. I have actually been suckered into buying those before, and so it makes I, me yeah. so angry when you read this really great sales pitch and and you're you're basically guaranteed results, and then you get this, and it's like. What the hell is this? Yes, yes. So I, I remember even I felt, even though my original, when I wrote my first product, I felt like I was like 100 pages long. But even years after, I felt ashamed of the product. I felt like I need to do better. And so I rewrote it, and now it's the book's longer than Harry Potter. So <laughs> <laughs> That's all. What is the name of your book, by the way? Uh, So... 
I've got a couple. The original oh, one is oh my called God. You, X. You said it like you said it like you have kids. You're like, yeah, I got a couple. A I'm couple. like, you have a couple. That's amazing. Um, so the book, it's a self-published book. So I, I sell it only on my website, mm-hmm. and I find it, it's it's a little bit easier to make sales that way as opposed to going to Amazon where they can cut into the profits, perhaps. But we can get into the business stuff later. So the book is for people who want to get their ex back and. I find also you have to kind of weave in some moving on principles in there, but it's called Ex-Boyfriend Recovery Pro. Mm. That is kind of the gist of the book. But I also have a book called The Texting Bible, which basically details the text that you should send to your ex and, and the principle. amazing. Yeah. It, Sorry, it, I totally it, interrupted you because that's no, so no, no, fucking smart, dude. And uh, the the third one is relating to the no contact rule. So it's called the no contact rule book. So each one is is very long in their own right. But obviously the massive behemoth is Ex-Boyfriend Recovery Pro. And that's kind of the general core strategy of what someone has to do to get their ex back. So on and so forth. But, you know, I, I, I get embarrassed talking about them. I, I feel like I'm on your show. I should be promoting you, Matt. No. People <laughs> are talk sick. Show. People are sick of me. Um, <laughs> no, you're way more exciting. So also, what do you think, though, too? Like, I feel like that there is this um, – I, like, I really love the show, A, because I'm a musical nerd. But I love the show. Do you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No, I haven't. You should totally watch that show just from your perspective. Uh, it's it's a musical. Uh, I think there are they, she won the Emmy for it, the actress Rachel Bloom, and so I think it sounds very very familiar. Like yeah, it, like I've seen it before, but maybe just like glanced over. Fox, maybe I don't know. Will I, I be able to get it on Hulu? I think you can. Yeah, and so I'll check it. but it's the whole thing is this girl moves to like she moves to West Covina. Just and the whole series is about she's the crazy ex girlfriend trying to get her <laughs> boyfriend Josh back. So, but again, I think you would love it because it plays a lot with these, this, these ideas and these these stereotypes of the crazy ex girlfriend. And so the reason I bring that up is that how I feel like for a lot of and I'm gonna say women more than men because there's not the crazy ex boyfriend stigma as much that I think. And my, you can uh, put your. No, I'll, I'll elaborate for you, but but yeah, finish your question. Yeah, I feel like for but there is this, this stigma for like women. I feel like especially of that they are crazy or they're weak or they're somehow that they're fucked up that they want to get back together with this guy. I I don't know. That's just my perception. I want. Do you? experience that and do you have to help sometimes women especially or just people even overcome the stigma or the shame of you know being the ex and and try to get them back great question so i'll tackle the who's crazier because i have two (laughs) websites i have the ex-boyfriend recovery website and also ex-girlfriend recovery so basically one targeted towards women trying to get their boyfriends back and then one targeted towards men trying Mm -hmm. to get their girlfriends back and in my experience, they are equal craziness levels. <laughs> That's Seriously. what I agree. Yes, they are equal. There's there's no up more crazy gender than the other. I, I think love just doesn't discriminate like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as the stereotypes, the negative stereotype I face the most, especially when I'm even telling people about, hey, 
come on my podcast. And I'm trying to – it always gets me because I remember I got on the phone once with a real stuffy psychologist-type person who's been featured on CNN and all those big talk shows and everything. Mm-hmm. And I've had people on my podcast featured on those shows, but this person was very, very like clinical psychology-type type person i was trying to explain to her what my podcast was and how mm-hmm. yes we do try to help women and men get back with their exes but at the same time if they want it we help them move over, move on from their exes and d- d- just the stereotype of why would you ever want to get back with your ex you know mm. even this clinical psychologist is is kind of got this attitude about it you know like not even willing or open to coming on the show which and is I so weird because that's the as a therapist I often unless it's gonna you know uh, really hurtful or abusive or something like that that that's what most people ninety percent of people what they do in life is they have they have uh, something dramatic or they have conflict and they walk away instead of growing and working through it. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think the growth part that you, s- you you're talking about there is the most important thing or really opportunity that people don't take when they're going through a breakup. People. Mm-hmm often let the breakup literally break them. They, you know, it's literally like going through a withdrawal period, a Mm -hmm. drug withdrawal. And it's not easy for a lot of people. And there's really, if you look online, there's no support system. There's no safety net for people to turn to. They don't know the rules of, you know, it's not taught in school. Like, how do you handle a breakup? Mm -hmm. Well, some people just naturally act Mm. crazy. They call their ex too much. Um, there's that famous viral story of that woman who called her ex like 17,000 times, but of course it was proven to be fake. But just to give you uh, an idea of how crazy women and men can be, they do this a lot. I, I've seen some of the craziest stories through my work on the websites of just it's just things they are willing to do to try to get their ex back or, or crazy behaviors that they'll exhibit. So – hmm. I don't even know where I'm going with that, but people, no, you, people no. are crazy, you know? It's, they can't – yeah, and – you bring a good, um, a good. You bring a good. Uh, make a good point to me, or popped in my head in that we're just we're not taught how to handle a breakup. We're not. No, not. So literally, I thought, is that why you do feel crazy? Because you just you feel helpless. You don't know what to do in that situation. I imagine, if for some people that take it so traumatic, I I've talked to people that. Either it's like people that experience, especially a death for the first time or like a home fire or something where kind of everything is lost. And they just, again, we're not, we don't sit down and say, hey, if your house burned down, how would you handle that? You know, (laughs) that's so smart for you to say that. I, I, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's never taught like in, in high school, they teach you, I, I honestly, I, you don't want to get me started on the education system here, but, yeah. but the, really the only thing I took out of the high school was keyboarding. Seriously. Like, <laughs> oh my God, type on the keyboard. That I got the, the keyboarding only... award. I'm right there with you. <laughs> that is the only thing I feel like I really legitimately took out of high school. My ability to write, I, I felt like I didn't, I had that down by maybe seventh eighth grade but you're not taught like the important things that you need to be taught in life i was taught speech i was taught for me speech that was really the only thing like learning how to get up and talk in front of people yeah public speaking is like the number one fear of of everyone out there Mm -hmm. it's like even even somehow trump's death i think people are just so afraid to public speak but i always found it's kind of fun and you being an actor you know you 
it's kind of really important for you to be able to be but, out there, know, I guess. But my brother and I talk about, I mean, he's a plumbing contractor, but he's the boss of his business. So he has to go into meetings and all, you know, and so, and he has a nephew who's 18 and, and or a son who's 18 and another son who's 14. And the younger one is like, ah, I don't want to do public and public speaking as much. And they don't teach speech in school because again, that's considered uh, they, that's program has been cut in Oklahoma, so that way they can put an artificial turf for the football team. And um, well, football, football is in. You know, I grew up in Texas, so I'm a like huge Dallas Cowboys. So fan. is my boyfriend. We're a cowboy house. I yeah. don't know what that means, but he man. told me I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I, 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 I felt like a legitimate bond, but maybe your boyfriend needs to get in here. And run. No, no, he, yeah, he will. Where'd you grow up in Texas? Uh, right outside of Houston. Um, so I grew up before they had the Houston Texans, they had like the Houston Oilers, which moved to Tennessee. Yeah. And, um, after that it was just, you know, Dallas Cowboys throughout my entire childhood. And Mm -hmm. then I moved to, um, Pennsylvania, uh, to be with my wife and that is like Philadelphia Eagle country and they are like fierce rivals. And so I felt, felt, I hated it there. I hated it there. So. (laughs) Did you play? So you look pretty athletic. You played high football in high school, right? I actually played baseball. So baseball was my big thing. But I I did as a kid play play football. And I remember even I was good at it. So anytime the football kids would be playing, I would play with them like like just run through practices. And I've had like multiple coaches come up to me and say, hey, you should play. And I would always say, yeah. But I remember even as a kid, I was getting hurt. So. I was a little bit smaller than the other kids. So mm. to me, I was like, ah, I think I could do better with baseball. And I did pretty good with baseball. Yeah, that I love baseball. That's that's what everybody plays, baseball or football. Um, did I don't remember if we talked about that before. Did we talk about you being from Texas? I forgot. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I, I don't know if that came up, but but we did no. certainly talk about comic books and Buffy, we did. which which I am still going through, Buffy. You're still going through, <laughs> Buffy. Um yeah, because I went to school in North Texas. That's where I got my undergrad. Um, oh, I think we did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my brother went to school yeah, there, yeah, too. Yeah, no, yeah, we did. That, okay. Yeah. It's all yeah, coming yeah, it's back, back to me. <laughs> all coming back. Okay, so um, so I have to ask, like, have you um, – so have you had either the, the ex-girlfriend trying to get you back or have you been the ex-boyfriend trying to get someone back? Have you experienced I, that? Yeah. Definitely have had. You're goals. happily married now, so happily, happily married. married. But before I was married, probably five years before I was married, I definitely had an ex girlfriend try to get me back. Um, it it didn't really happen so much. And as far as the relationship status, that relationship kind of um, broke me a little bit, and I, I took it more as a learning experience. Like uh, instead of maybe focusing on what she did wrong, and there was certainly a lot of of blame to be. I, I kind of focus more on like, oh, what did I do wrong? How can I do better for the next relationship? And so I Amen. dated around for five years or so before I settled down with my wife. But yeah, it's all out of my system now. <laughs> I think that's such a good point, though, that you make that again, that is, uh, again, with just counseling couples and just with people in general, even just in relationship with a family relationship or friend relationship, there's if if people are able to take their own responsibility for their for their involvement in what went wrong as well as what goes right, that would be immensely, immense. I'm telling you, that's such a huge first step for people as far as growth and like trying to have a an understanding of one another. I think 
I'm telling you, you are better than a therapist. You're you're probably you're better at breakups than me, probably. I never really had any personally. I just had one when I was 20 from my boyfriend from Houston, and that was about it. So. Well, I actually, I, I've definitely had breakups before, but I've never been broken up with. I've always been the breaker upper. Oh, so me too. Yeah. I've always been the breaker. Well, the one. Um, no, but okay. So now though, just sorry, getting a, not a little personal. You can talk about how much you, but uh, how. Just doing what you've done, how has it affected your relationship with your wife now? How do you feel like it's made you, how has it made you be, not talking about her because that's her life and she's not in a show, so I don't want to bring her in, but how does it make you just a better partner for someone from your, from helping these people through this process? Yeah, well, it's sort of like the ultimate roadmap of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's your next book. <laughs> yeah, right. What not to? Um, I, I will say though, there there are some negative aspects to it. Um, actually, when I was dating my wife, not married to her, so we dated for I want to say a year and a half or two years before we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so long ago, I can't even remember. You're but, like models, by the way. I saw your wedding pictures and you're in your Facebook. It literally, you're both like fucking gorgeous, like Barbie and Ken wedding. I was, I looked at, I was like, oh fuck you, and logged <laughs> off. Anyway, whatever. She's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's obviously one of the reasons I was drawn to her, but it. I, I, I think I became a little jaded towards relationships mm. because every day this is before I actually had an assistant and became too, you know, too powerful to yeah. to answer people directly now. But I, I used to for years have this superhero syndrome where I wanted to do everything by myself. Mm. Um, and that included answering people's comments every single day. So I'd get like a hundred 200 comments coming in every single day all telling me about their depressing situation and how horrible life was and what they did and this person cheated on this person and so you become a little jaded and it's like sort of repetitive every single day that's all you're seeing and so my wife and I were in a long distance relationship for six months before I moved to be with her and it can be really tough when you're reading all of these people especially women. So I'd go on ex-boyfriend recovery and answer the comments there. And you'd hear about these women cheating on their exes and their exes finding out about it and breaking up with them. And so there's a little bit of that projection where you start to worry, well, what is she up to? And so I definitely Mm. did, you know, checking Facebook every five minutes to, to hopefully wouldn't see some sort of picture of her Mm. making out with some guy and, so th- there was a little bit of that to deal with. Obviously, when we moved together, it, it got a little bit better. But we definitely had some, uh, I, I want to say jealousy issues more than anything. But ever since we've been married, it, it's been different. You know how people people often say when you get married, there's no difference. But I have felt a difference in a good way. I, I feel a lot more trust. I, I I feel she trusts me more. I feel I trust her more. It's it's just a level of commitment is so much greater. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I would definitely say the jaded aspect of it is a little tough, but I don't really answer as many people as I used to. I, I get to pick and choose the people I want to work with now. Mm-hmm. And um, I have an assistant who answers people on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, every once in a while, I pop in and, and give advice where I, I see maybe she should have added something here or there but Mm -hmm. yeah early on it it was a little bit tough in that regard of of Mm -hmm. being a little jaded and seeing all these negative things happen but i I imagine you 
earlier in the show you were mentioning how it kind of the couples counseling kind of breaks you oh it broke me at first yeah probably the same type of thing you're going through like you're seeing all these horrible things and it's it's tough to watch yeah it is it's very very tough to watch um well, speaking of picking and choosing your questions, you're not, you're not, we've got three for you today. And actually, so. Well, it's three for us, right? So I'm not going to be yeah, answering them yeah, all. Three for us. <laughs> three for us. But these all, I think these are all your listeners because I got like an influx of questions. You're the first Dear Maddie show where I've been on somebody's show and I get a, like a huge influx of questions. Um, from well, I, I think so. your your website is just conducive to that. So I sent out an email to my email list, which is pretty large. And I think yeah. I put in there, like, if you want to ask him a question, go here. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that. it's my present to you. 5,000 yeah. different ex-breakup <laughs> questions. <laughs> Well, have fun. I, I, have fun. And go. Um, well, okay, so we've got three questions today, all from three ladies. So, um, so yeah, it's just an X type of show. So the first question, this is from, I want to say her name is Jania. Um, G-E-N-E-A, Jania. Let's go, Jania. Yeah, Jania, age 39. And Jania says, Dear Maddie, I want my ex back so badly. He has a new girlfriend, but we... Had sex and stayed the night together until Thanksgiving morning. Did that hurt my chances? He claims to still love and can't let me go. That's what, Jania, I love you. Learn how to use a period, sugar. I'm trying to read your <laughs> sentence. Jesus, Jania. Um, she's she's going through a tough time, she so is. she's just frantically she typing. She has no periods phone. in yeah. her. Um, okay, so... I mean, I read this and I was like, I started to be like, okay, she wants to get her ex back. And I'm like, he has a new girlfriend. And then I was like, oh, but he's sleeping with you. So so I'm he's sure- cheating on the new girlfriend with her. Yes. So I, you know, okay, let's do this. Okay. For this question, I'm going to say what I think. And then okay. Chris, you have to be honest and be like, hey, that's right on. Or you had to be like. You're totally fucking off I'll, base, dude. I, I will. I will definitely even use the. I'll please, say you're totally. Please do off, because <laughs> I. I love. I got no ego. In this school my ass. So okay. <laughs> so what you need? So this is my first thing. I'm like. To me, I think if he's cheating on his new girlfriend with you, what makes you think that he's going some? Unless something changes in his life, what do you think is going to make him not? cheat on you if he comes back to you that's just kind of my first amen okay good amen oh, you good. are on the right track brother. yay ding 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 <laughs> ding you you need to watch the video i just jumped up and down like a game show people um yeah so to me just that from the get-go to me i want to say jania like Bit of a red flag yeah Bit of a red flag. i just feel like that that's a big like let it go because i just i just feel like this girl honestly i think this guy is having like he he's he's having the best fucking Thanksgiving ever because honestly, for the lack of a better word, but this is probably how he's thinking. He's getting pussy wherever he wants right now. That's kind of what I think this guy is thinking. So that's kind of my initial impression on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So I will tell you in my independent studies, and I am not trying to be arrogant when I say this, but I have about half a million people come to my website every single month and I see a lot of stuff and I've done independent studies on 
what happens in this exact situation. This is not the first time I've encountered this. So here's what happens. So he is essentially setting you up to be the other woman. And that is where he wants you to be. Mm. You know, he, like you said, is going to get pussy wherever he wants. And he will try to extend that for as long as possible. And so he's probably – he knows, he understands that, okay, if I'm going to keep this charade up, I have this new girlfriend getting sex from her. I have my old girlfriend getting sex from her. How can I – keep getting sex from the both of them because yeah. clearly he if he's serious about his current girlfriend he would not cheat on her so yes, how he, can he, yeah if he loved either one of them then he would be with that person right so i i think in jania's email she mentioned something about how he wants to be with me right he's, yeah yeah she says um so we say the night together thanksgiving morning uh did that hurt my chances he claims to still love me and can't let me go. That's it. Okay, so he he is. Uh, look, I'm a big proponent of actions versus words. Yep. So words to Amen. me mean nothing when you are looking at an X or a breakup. Always study the person's actions. So has this person actually, through an action, broken up with his new girlfriend? No, he has mm. not. So he is essentially using these words as a hook to keep you in that position of friends with benefits. So yep. he is going to keep the trade going as long as possible. I've been doing this a long time. Really the smartest thing you can do if you want him back is to simply walk away and you'll be amazed at what happens next. Mm. We'll just mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop. drop. It was a, no, it was a mic. It wasn't a pencil. Don't say that. You just, uh, you were so cool. And then you just nerded it back. You're like, it's a yeah, pencil. Yeah. Um, that amen to that. All right. Okay. Um, well, you got to it. I love it. Okay. This is from Heather, age 26. And Heather says, dear Maddie, why do men, first of all, well, I'm oh, sorry. I'll just read the question. She says, dear Maddie, why do men get married if they don't want to settle down or stop cheating? I think Heather's had some rough experiences. Bless her <laughs> For heart. For real. Like she's Poor Heather. Bless, she bless her heart. She's just, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean it seems like kind of what you were saying earlier in your experience. And I've, I've got being jaded. She sounds really jaded because I, I, I don't think that's for all men. But um, I'm gonna let you go first on this one. So why do men get married if they don't want to settle down and stop cheating? So what do we say? So let's do a two parter on this. Maybe let's actually answer Heather's question. And then actually maybe we can talk about kind of what we think might be behind why Heather's asking this. Maybe. Okay. All right. So I'm thinking I'm, I have kind of an interesting perspective on this one because this isn't necessarily like a, a breakup question. This is more of a philosophical why do yeah, people do, like, yeah. do. So my perspective is he hasn't met someone worth committing to. Right, so if he really met someone worth committing to, he would not to him. cheat somebody, on this. somebody worth to him. Not this isn't right. about your self worth, Heather. To him, right, right to him. So if he is marrying someone, ideally, you would think he would stop cheating. And what was the other cheating yeah, in I, one? A cheating, yeah. Why do you think men don't want to see Don't want to settle down or stop settle cheating? down? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I, I think he just hasn't met the right person for him. Um, and it's interesting. You can talk about commitment and what makes human beings commit to one another, and a lot of this has to do with um, 
the interdependence theory. So the interdependence theory is basically human beings they're committing to each other on a cost and benefit scenario they're trying mm-hmm. to maximize maximize the benefits minimize the costs yep. and so there's three things you look at here satisfaction of the relationship so how happy he is in the relationship the alternative so is there anyone out there that he think is better than you he think i can't even talk he thinks is better than you mm-hmm. and investment how much how many resources has he invested into the relationship so if you're looking heather at those three things where do you stack up you know, mm. uh, that's mm. just my two cents. No, I think, you know, that reminds me of, so I do, I've done a lot of like actor coaching and talking to people about branding and stuff like that. Cause I like, a lot of people hate branding. I love it. Um, but anyway, um, it's interesting to me because I think it's just the essence of kind of figuring out how you are and how you can reach people. But so I kind of base, like when I work with people, and I've talked about this on the show before, people. For, but I, I once was watching an Oprah Winfrey show where Kenny Rogers was talking about Dolly Parton, and Ken, Oprah asked because they were doing a show about them and Islands in the Stream and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And Oprah asked him. She said, "Kenny, why do you think Dolly Parton has such a mass appeal? Why do people love her so much?" And Kenny said, um, a "Houston native, by the way, <laughs> uh, Kenny Rogers." Uh, he said. You know, Oprah, I feel like that our journey in life, that our kind of our mission is that we have three selves. We have the person we really are, the person who people actually see us as, and then the person we want people to see us as. And he said, and I feel like our job in life is to get those three people to meld together to get as close as possible and be linked up. And and that's when we're really kind of living in the uh in the flow of life and when we're those three things are very separate and scattered is when we feel a lot of frantic or uneasy or we're not able to find out find happiness in life and the reason i bring that up for heather it's like i sweetie i want to say step out of yourself instead of looking at from your perspective of what people are doing to you Look at the perspective, kind of what you were just saying of how are people perceiving you? And because that might, you might come out that like, if you are feeling jaded and bitter about this, Heather, at 26, then maybe like, are you a negative person? Are you negative in there? And I'm just not saying you are, Heather. I'm just kind of guessing because we don't have a lot to go on from the question. But just are you this type of person in life? Are you are you negative about everything? Not even just men and cheating. Are you negative about happiness or optimism about career? Because that could be a huge reason why somebody doesn't want to be around you. I, I don't know your life, sugar. But anyway, I just think it's maybe that look at those three parts of yourself. Do you know who you really are? What do people see you as? And what do you and what do you want people to see you as? Anyway. Man, that, that's a great story. Seriously, I was really like blown away by that it, it changed my life i was in middle school it changed my life that is so fascinating i never yeah. thought of it that way to me that's branding that's all and because i'm an actor and doing what we do that's and i've done that i at a very young age i really thought about okay i'm this person and it was harder at the time because when i was in the closet i was like i knew i was like shitting glitter gay but it was like (laughs) but it helped me though it helped me really delve into the arts and figure out through the arts through being an actor through being like a funny mascot you know at the football games that i was able to be 
who I really was, that was the way I was able to show it. And that's what, and it linked up with the way people saw me as. So really, by the time I got, you know, like at the end of high school, I had a pretty good sense of self and I knew how people reacted to that sense of self and what was the area I could play in as far as getting people to like me and having safety. And then that's just really social media marketing to me on a larger scale as you're you're trying to find the sweet spot of where you can be yourself, but also like you said, look at what people are looking for and then try to negotiate where's the area I can play within that. So, Well, I think that's even a better answer than I could have ever come up with. But I, I do want to <laughs> no, point out that to... I did I did offer some valuable advice. Just like, oh, yeah, you did. Like I offered that much. Oh, you please. came up with that much. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't at all. Like I um, – I'm loving this. Of course, we need to go on the road. I'm telling you, road <laughs> – trip come on a hot straight guy and funny gay guy just getting helping women get that's a fucking show i could sell that shit um all right we'll talk later after that so we uh, you're right right we'll uh we'll we'll nail down the dates we're going on no, on no, tour no down um all right so so heather good luck in that i mean sweetie i hope that maybe don't date too if you're just feeling that's another thing too did you find that like some people feel like they need to be in a relationship or they need to be yeah. dating. And I just want to say, you're, I think, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to, no, go. I just feel like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? I think a lot of it also boils down to selection. So, and it's interesting that you make them put their ages when they submit the question to you, because even though I'm kind of stereotyping here, you can kind of learn a little bit about someone's emotional maturity. That's why I do it. Yeah. Where they are in life. So at 26, Heather really doesn't know who she is, you know? So, so there's yeah. still some, she, there's still some, some soul searching, so to speak, to find out who she is and what she yeah. wants. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's really, when I was 26, how old are you? 27. Oh, you want? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no. I, I'm saying okay, all right. I'm saying copy. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But I I'm saying because it. I, I even have more maturing to do. Like I don't know truly. So you know the three things you said. I feel like I am in that stage of trying to line all of them up. Mm. You know, so. I, well, we always are. Fast- yeah, we always are. Um, sorry, we didn't, we both didn't know when the other person was going to talk and we both just looked at each other. It was like an awkward date. Like, uh, uh, no, I was going to say, I'm shocked. I mean, you do look, you look 27, but you don't act it. I actually thought you just were like in your mid thirties and you looked young, honestly, because you're very wise beyond your years. No, I, I think I've always been kind of an old soul. Even maybe it's just, maybe it's a bit of the shyness in high school. I, I, I think I was really shy in high school to really? talk to people. And so as a result, I, I tried to, um, find different ways to keep my brain active and learn different things. And so I, I've been able to apply a lot of those learnings throughout my life. So yeah, it, it kind of pays to be an outcast in high school sometimes. Oh, that, yeah. For me, it's, I mean, I had friends, but yeah, definitely. It's kind of sometimes it's uh, your greatest weakness sometimes actually becomes your greatest strength. You don't even yeah. realize that. Um, but Heather, good luck to you. Do something. 
Do something fun for yourself. Don't you don't need a man. I mean, please. When I was twenty six, I didn't even have HPV. When I was twenty six, like I had <laughs> nothing. You know what I mean? I had nothing. I didn't know whatever. So okay, all right, Caitlin. We're on to Caitlin. Caitlin is age nineteen. Caitlin says, "Dear Maddie, how do you know when it's truly over between you and your ex? We keep on breaking up and getting back together, and I feel this time it's done for good." Where do you go from here when you're in this situation? It has been four years, and the past year hasn't been great. How do you make him want you like he did when you first got together again? This is a hard question, so I'm making you answer it first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's a hard question, too, because there's like three questions yeah, in the yeah, question. Yeah. You know, So which one should we tackle first? You pick the, you pick the question we tackle first, and I'll do the grunt work of, of trying to come up with something that sounds good well, and like it would work. Okay, well, I want to. What popped out of me in the first because I remember my brother used to do this in high school with his girlfriend at the time, who he's not together with, thank God. But um, there is. I see those people, and you know, I I'm usually, at least in my history of a breaker up, I pretty much once I break up with somebody, I'm cool with being friends, but it's done. Yeah. So I never got it when you see people that break up and get back together and break up. That just I, that would drive me crazy. Um, I, but but uh, so, why do you think? I mean, this is we don't know Caitlin's situation, but I'm sure you see that all the time. Like, yeah. what do you think is at the root of that? Why people so do the, that? The root of it. So, I, like I said, remember how I said? Oh, it's really interesting that you make them put their ages. Uh huh. So emotionally mature people are like you. It's a one and done type of thing. Mm. Remember, look at her age. She's still technically a teenager, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So she's in this emotionally immature space where maybe a, a really bad argument isn't met with a, okay, let's just take some time apart and then regroup and talk later. It's met with a fuck you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're breaking up, you know? And so what I think's happening here is imagine her boyfriends around the same age, maybe even younger from the on and off. I see it happen a lot with, with high schoolers, early college years, and also those relationships that are just met with a lot, a lot of fighting. You mm-hmm. know, that you get these two immature people who anything can set them off. Any little jealousy is taken the wrong way, and they simply just say, hey, I'm out of here. And then, of course, they come to the conclusion maybe three hours later, what did I do? I made the biggest mistake of my life. I need to give mm-hmm. them back. And so this is where you get this endless spiral. And I think the important or the interesting thing that you need to look at here is every single time that you get back with a person after a breakup, it almost like takes a little from your soul. Mm. Things aren't always the same as they were that first time. It's like watching a movie for the first time, a really good movie, right? It's it's the most phenomenal thing you've ever seen. But if you go watch the movie again the second time around, yeah, it's still really good, but it's not as good as the first time you saw it. So I think the same principle almost applies with the relationships. Every time you try again, it's not the same. It's it's got a, it's lost a little bit of its soul. And I think for someone to get back with an ex and make it last and have a happy marriage and have the happy ending that I think everyone wants, you have to be emotionally mature and able to handle things and understand the breakup was the best thing that ever happened to you. It got you to work out some of your issues. Maybe you did some soul searching, found out who you were. But it seems to me that what, – what was the girl's name, the 19-year-old, the on and off again? Caitlin. 
Caitlin. So it seems to me Caitlin is in this stage where she is not getting anything positive out of the relationship mm-hmm. at all. She's just like a broken record, making the same mistakes over and over again. Maybe it's not her fault. Maybe her boyfriend is the one who's immature. Yeah. And she is a very mature woman who's trying to give it a shot, but he's just kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. You know? What what's your take? No, I think I'm telling you that movie analogy is the best fucking thing I think I've heard in 2016, and we're almost at the end of it, sugar. That was fucking gold right there. Uh, that was I, that you're so right though. I've never equated it that, but that is so. That's just so on point, and I think we all can relate to that. Where it's almost like you're for these people breaking up and up. There's two things I think. A, are they just trying to get that feeling back? That they're not going to get anymore. Yeah, and and they won't oftentimes get it back ever. This never. You 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 have to look at it a little bit differently. I I think if you're going to get back with an ex, you have to be sure that this is the person that you want a long term relationship with. I'm not saying you got to marry the person. We don't want to put that much pressure on no. them, but it, it it takes someone with a lot of discipline and a lot of emotional maturity to make it work mm-hmm. because. Like you're saying with the movie thing, it's it's never the same as it was the first time. Mm. I, it's well, just, yeah, and you also brought up that you talked about when somebody, they break up with somebody and then that you said three hours later, they go, oh my God, oh my God, what did yeah. I do? Yeah. For me, I feel like in my experience of experiencing some of it, but mainly seeing it, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but this fear of being alone, this fear of not being content just and happy of just being ourselves because I was single for like 14 years before the relationship I'm in now and we've been together for about two years and we lived together and but I wholeheartedly know I didn't this relationship I I don't know does it make me happier I guess yes but it doesn't and does it fulfill me in ways yes but it wasn't as if it filled a hole in my life. And I th- I think that's a lot of it when you said that why people get back together. That was my brother in high school. He could not, he's still to this day and he'll tell you that. Thank God he and his wife are great, but he can't handle being alone. He can't do it. Yeah. I, I actually love what you just said. Um, because me personally, I am the type of person that likes it, likes being alone. Sometimes Um, I think especially now that we have a one year old where we didn't get any sleep and and (laughs) where the the baby's relying on you to essentially live and you have to be up 24 hours. It it is alone time. You have to cherish it. And there's nothing wrong with being alone. Um, I so you said you were single for 14 years. I, I yeah. haven't been single for 14 years, but I was for four or five years before I met my wife. That's still that's a great long time. It, it's it's a long time and. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it immensely. Not towards the end. I remember towards the end, I was like, okay, I, I think it's time. I step out of the shell. I start dating again. No, I mean, obviously, I went on dates throughout the four or five years, but like seriously looking for someone yeah. to potentially settle down with. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with being alone whatsoever. And I think what you said is spot on. A lot of times people are so conditioned to be in a relationship. They've been in a relationship ever since they were – well, 15, she was fifth. I didn't, you know, when you said her age, that reminded me, she said four years ago. So yeah, they've been together since 15 years old, high school. I mean, come and, on, Caitlin, and, bless your and heart. That, That's and so that much. almost, almost 
it's interesting. I remember in high school, my relationships were emotionally immature. Any little fight was a breakup type yeah. situation. And it's like you're purposely trying to do that to uh, manipulate the person into doing what you want. You're th- mm-hmm. dangling a breakup in front of them to mm-hmm. try to get them to act in a way that you want. It's a form of manipulation and control. Um, it just so happens it, she's in this cycle now. So that was question number one. She's got like a zillion yeah, other she questions. Got a, did, yeah, I mean, hell, I was dating girls in high school, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing either. Uh, <laughs> they did ne- not. Neither did anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they keep on getting back to And so I guess, what you know, what she is asking, um, we talked about what's it like when you first got together. We answered that. So I guess her last question, and this, what a great this is our last question of the show. So what a great question to kind of end on. How do you, how do you know when it's truly over? So how do you know, like for your clients, these people, you know, that are paying you to help them, you know, but, and so you, but you got to tell them the truth and be like, have you had those clients that are still trying to do it? Like, have you ever had to tell them that it's over? Or do you think that's for that person to realize and recognize and until they get it, it won't happen. I, th- I think it just depends on the situation. Um, Obviously, you have like physical, emotional abuse. That's a over oh, yeah. right away over, type thing. Yeah. But let's assume that's not happening. Let's assume you just have someone who just fails to accept reality for what it is. Mm-hmm. The guy is maybe getting married, and it's the day before mm-hmm. he's due to get married, and she still thinks she has a chance. Well, that's someone who needs to clearly be told, "Hey, you ain't got a chance. Mm-hmm. It's time to move on." Have you had that? I have actually. Wow! Not quite oh, that breaks marriage, my heart. But- yeah, I, I have cool. had that. Um, not from a paying client, but definitely from someone I've been communicating with through email a couple of years ago. That That's definitely happened. Um, the other type of thing that you said is I am also a big believer in people are smarter than you. People are smarter than I give them credit for the way I'm talking here. A lot of people do come to a conclusion on their own. Hey, I think it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so oftentimes you just have to let them go through their process. And help them out as much as you can. Um, and it, it, it's a really beautiful merging of ideas when you're trying to get next back because oftentimes the best way to get next back is to take the necessary steps to actually move on. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. fake move on to where, hey, I'm going to act like I'm moving on, but inside I'm still being killed. No, you actually have to try to move on for this concept to work but people who actually do that have a better chance of success than people who don't mm-hmm. people who like to your point earlier mm-hmm. squeeze and try to get success out of it and they try so hard it doesn't necessarily work out that way so oftentimes when you lead someone down that path they come to conclusion on their own so i am a big believer in letting people go through their own process but there are those specific cases where you have to step in and say hey it's over and even then i um, to the point of the the woman who's you know her ex is engaged she's due to get married real soon she still is trying to get him back and i say hey look it's time to move on she still refuses to accept reality mm-hmm. so oftentimes you know i'm not i'm not in this necessarily to coddle people i'm in this to tell them exactly what to do to get the results that they want and mm-hmm. so Sometimes it's just beyond my control to help someone, especially when they fail to realize that's kind of a no-go situation. Yeah. You know? mm. That's hard, man. That is yeah. hard. It, that I, that, going back to what you see earlier, it's, it's, 
people I think think it's like what well, what we do people come up to me and they're like oh my gosh do you have like crazy stories about people doing like crazy <laughs> stuff but it's it's not funny when you're in it no when you we actually see it, it's a human being yes and you see yeah. their pain it's really it's actually really sad and really heartbreaking so like like it, it's it it's funny to people outside and I'll admit you know I, can I do look it back too. yeah I, I can look back on on that story and kind of have a, a chuckle because, you know, all in hindsight. But when you're actually in that situation and you maybe get an email from someone and they say that they're crying or someone records a message for you to try to answer, which I used to do on my podcast. I still do. And they're literally in tears when you do a Skype session like this and you see the per- it's not necessarily a funny thing. You don't like mm-hmm. laugh and, and have a great jolly, jolly time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas back there, but <laughs> <laughs> all my decorations are back behind us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which shows you have like a, a whiteboard with your stuff written down and goals. Yeah. My boyfriend yep, tells me yep. to do that all the time. I'm like, eh, but it'll make my wall look not pretty. See, if he sees this, he's going to be like, I told you. I told you. Stop well, messing with it's, the garden. Well, uh, it's, it's not necessarily a cheap thing to do. I, it was pretty expensive. And, and the guys that came out had a hell of a time. That, that It's all glass back there, and it's it's like weighs so much. So wow. I, I, like, I paid two people to do it, and I actually had to help them. That's how heavy it oh, was. Wow. So. Oh, wow. That's. That's, but yeah, it's it's kind of the board of crazy ideas that that no, haven't come to fruition. It's and, inspiring for me to see that. It's inspiring for me to see that. Um, sugar, that's all of our yeah. questions. Sweet, did I make it that, through? You did make it through. You now we get really to the good. fun part. Now. I'm not breaking up with you. We're <laughs> keeping you. Yeah. Now we get to the all about you questions. So this all is right. chatty Maddie questions. These are the and. and I want to say before you get started here, I you sent me the questions beforehand, and I literally didn't prepare, so I oh, don't great. even know what's no, going to come out of my hand. No, that's great. I I purposely don't send. I usually send stuff only the night before. I had one guest who wanted it like three days in advance, and I just told her I said no because I don't want this to be rehearsed because then I'll get bored, and I will. I'll get bored. So I'm. You're great. All right. So chatty Maddie number one. What's your most memorable childhood smell? Smell. 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 Can I do memory? I have a funny story for the memory. Sure. Smell. smell I, I don't even – earliest childhood I'll, – I'll try to give you but probably honeysuckle. You know oh, honeysuckle? Yeah. yeah. used to have honeysuckle in in Texas where I grew up. We had like a whole line of, of trees that mm. every time you walk by there, you get that smell. So that would probably be my earliest childhood smell but the memory is a lot more interesting sure because i remember when i was a kid really young is my first memory ever i had um a, a set of blocks like lego blocks you know mm-hmm. and so i was like obsessed with with playing with these blocks right and i had them stacked and created this fortress that was just the most I, i'm not even kidding man it was the most epic thing <laughs> well to a two you know to a two-year-old it was the most epic thing that like i remember even having the hindsight in at, i don't even know two three years old earliest childhood memory that young thinking stepping back and kind of like admiring my work like i did a good job on this oh here's where the here's where the funny part comes into play so the next day i had a surgery to i don't know if it's like 
tubes in my ears or something. I had some weird ear thing. So I had to go to the hospital to get a surgery and it was like a planned surgery and I knew it was going to happen. My parents explained it to me and they had to put like um, one of those gas sleeping gas to, to put me out. Mm-hmm. And I remember as the doctor put the mask on, I remember having this thought right before I was about to get knocked out. Like, I hope my dad does not move those blocks when I wake <laughs> up because I worked so hard on that. So I get through the surgery. We go home like a couple days later and guess what? That son of a bee moved my blocks. And oh. to this day, not forgiven. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that, that, childhood memory <laughs> that was a really because you said you were two that's really young to remember this I don't know if it's two but probably earliest one i can remember on record so i'm just guesstimating two or three probably that's oh your dad still feels the I, was guilt. A, I was a sophisticated kid matt I, i'm telling you no i'm just kidding yeah, yeah. And you know what your dad told you to make a business out of ex-boyfriend so <laughs> there's your there's your there's his payback made it up to me all right chatty manning number two what would be the name of your memoir Oh God! I know <laughs> you email me. You're like memoir. That's that's the name. Oh God! No, I'm, just <laughs> um, I'm pretty simple, so I'm gonna have to go. I'm a simple person with simple pleasures. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Mic drop, pencil drop. Uh, all right, chatty Maddie number three. Best piece of advice you wished you'd taken earlier. God, these are really hard. You almost oh. have to. I, I I should have prepared. <laughs> I, well, no. Um, I mean, what is that like? You know, um, what is that thing that like now you often practice in your life now? But you're like, damn. Because I mean, it maybe it puts us in not a no regrets thing, but I think that we all have things that are like, oh man, if I would have known that when I was seventeen or eighteen or twenty or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have it. Um. So there's this concept called the holy trinity and it's mm-hmm. not biblical or anything like that so i won't get biblical on you but so the holy trinity is essentially if you look at your life and you can divide it up into three main aspects of your life mm-hmm. you divide it up into health wealth and relationships mm-hmm. and so the idea behind this is if you can find a way to maximize each part of your life um you're gonna have a really successful life. So if you do things to improve your health, if you do things to improve your wealth, if you cultivate relationships, make new relationships with new people, um, you're going to live like a really, really fulfilled life. And that is something I wish that I, you know, like a younger version of myself, I could, I would go back and tell myself that because mm. practicing that until maybe two years ago or so. And I find it so difficult to, perfectly balance each aspect of your life because if you put too much time in one aspect you don't put enough time in another aspect mm-hmm. and so it's, it's a constant balancing act and i find that i'm happiest when i feel that i've done a good job balancing each aspect so that would probably be the piece of advice it, it's i wish there was like a shorter answer i could give you other than the holy no Trinity, I, I i you know i'm glad you said that because i definitely feel like i'm working on the wealth I'm working on it, get, trying to, getting there. Relationships, I'm pretty great at. Health, I'm terrible at. I'm okay eating, but I fucking hate working out. I never was an athlete or anything. So I just, like, it's good for me to hear this because I'm literally 
set up a because I don't even know at a gym what to do. I I I have like a personal training session tomorrow morning just to like show me how to do it. I got an eye watch thing to like help me motivate. Which oh, is that's that's so badass. I uh, watch. That's so cool. Well, it it is. You know what? It has this whole thing that I mean, a Fitbit does it too. Um, but, but like it, there's a little meter that I set like how much I want to move for the day and it's oh. good. And it, so there's a little meter that basically is telling me like, I was thinking today, I'm like, Oh, it's been a busy day at the day job. I've got up a lot. I've done a lot today. And I looked down on my meter and it's like barely moved at all. And I'm uh. like, damn, no wonder I'm like fat. So, um, like this is, but no, so health that you needed to say that answer to me right now, because it'll motivate me to get up even er- earlier tomorrow to go do that. So yeah, it's you. interesting. I find, let's see, my health, I feel, uh, you know, I always feel like I could improve every aspect, but I think health is okay. Um, see, I played tennis earlier today for like a couple tennis. hours. I love tennis. Yeah, so. my dad was actually a tennis pro. So oh, wow. That's the one sport I love to play all the time, but you've got to find somebody to do it. But I, I, can... I actually have a college kid um, that comes and plays, but he's really, really good. So we played two sets, and we split it. He won the first one. I won the second one. Oh, but I nice. was, I was um, had a little bit of the turkey hangover, so to speak. So ah. I kind of, so I, I felt really bad about my health the last two days. But I think today I did okay. Wealth wise is always. I feel like you're always everyone, even the richest people in the world. I think I watched this interview once with J.K. Rowling, who's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, J.K. Rowling, she wrote Harry Potter. She's a billionaire. She is still motivated by the fact that she could go broke one day. And I, to me, I, that's like was that an interview with Oprah? I think I saw that. Yeah, I think it was Oprah. Because um, Oprah and, said like that finally went away for her because she grew up dirt poor as well. Oh yeah, Oprah's a billionaire too, right? But Oprah said, like, do you, she said, I mean, it was a great conversation because Oprah said, do you know, she's like, do you remember? Did you have that moment where I realized, oh, I never have to worry about money anymore in my life? And J.K. Rowling said, never, never, never. And Oprah was shocked by that. But I also, so conversely, um, to prove your point even more, I had a friend who was telling me about an interview, and I ended up watching it later, where somebody was interviewing Oprah, and they said, you know, what is the one thing that you feel still feel like you're working on that you just want to cheat? And this is Oprah. Oprah. Right. right. Okay? Oprah is like the goddess of talk show. And, yeah. And she said, if I could just get control of my weight and my physical fitness, she's like, uh-huh. I just wish I didn't have to battle that. I want to beat that battle because she's got the wealth and the relationships. But again, it's like we all yeah. have that like weak spot. So it was, it's beautiful when you see two people like that that still think this way because it makes you think, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, um, I, I my whole goal with wealth is to get to that point. Now I'm not saying you have to make a billion bucks, but to get to that point where you don't have to worry about any bills for the rest of your life yeah and you got your kids all set to me that's what i try to work towards and i feel a lot of people to you know to me money isn't how much you make it it, money just buys you freedom Uh, that's the way i look at it at least gives you options and i hate having to pay bills on a house for example it sucks it mm-hmm. sucks for everyone who has to pay bills for a house. So wouldn't mm-hmm. it be great if you never had to worry about that again? So that's what motivates my wealth aspect. And the relationships aspect, I feel I'm pretty well-rounded there. The only 
aspect I, I feel like I could do a better job at is probably spend more quality time with Lily, my daughter, and Jen, my wife, because sometimes I work on the health too much or I work on the uh, wealth too much, and that takes time away from the relationships column. And then it, it's this really interesting thing. So I, I try to look at it like, okay, well, you know, you can't master it all in one day. So the best thing you can do is try to find a balance. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when I try to put balance on relationships and spend more time with them, I feel this constant need to, oh, I need to go out there and work out. I didn't get my workout in for the day. Or crap, I there's someone out there working just as hard as me that's going to get a one leg up on me. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant battle of trying to balance the three. But it's like a video game. It, it wouldn't be fun to balance it if it was easy, if you had the cheat codes to it. It's mm. only It's only um, – like a accomplishment because it's so difficult. Mm. So it's a simple concept, but I, I find it's one of the most um, c- complex to actually implement. So yeah, that would be the piece of advice mm. I'd go back and tell myself. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Two more. So chatting <laughs> at number four, what day would be your groundhog day? So what day was so awesome? You're like, I would live that day every day. Yeah, I thought I, so. You sent me the questions before, and I, I thought about this, but I honestly couldn't think of anything. All I'm not even kidding you. I, you said this, and I was like Groundhog Day, like, like, and then I realized, oh, the movie, and it was, <laughs> and for the longest time, I was just like, God, oh, God, that was such a good movie. So every time I would think about like what day I would pick, all I would think is, man, that movie was so good. And then I was like. I should watch that movie again. But I was like, no, I shouldn't watch the movie again. I need to focus. So I was thinking a lot about this, but I couldn't come up with a prepared answer. So I didn't even know what I was going to say. So um, I would have to say the day I would pick, um, man. Well, I used, See, to, I used to ask that question, what's the weirdest place you've had sex? But some people get embarrassed by that. So I changed it to this one. So you're lucky. You're weirdest lucky. place. Weird, no, I'll tell you the weirdest place. Weirdest place is probably a car wash. Oh, really? <laughs> really, yeah. Like while car I was wash. doing the car wash thing? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's one of the yeah. best answers I've ever heard. You, <laughs> you don't even have to answer the groundhog now if you don't want no, to. No, no, I want to answer the groundhog. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, so the Groundhog Day, great movie. Um, and then all I get, so the, the, literally the thought, thought process I'm having here is, oh, that Groundhog Day, that was such a good movie. I should watch that movie. Oh, wait, wasn't that movie with Tom Cruise just like a refurbished version of that movie that, um, gosh, I can't even think of it now, but he lived, it's like a war one. And he lives the same day over and yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah, It's like the same type of concept. It was pretty good, but yeah, so I was like trying to prepare for this particular answer because I couldn't think of anything so like like captivating to say Mm -hmm. and um i i i'm still stuck i would probably have to go to to borrow onto my other answer there is a day where i feel like i i balanced each aspect um the other day so each aspect like the holy holy trinity health wealth and relationships thing but the other day that really strings Springs to my mind. Strings. I can't even talk. You got me so flustered, Matt. I did. I got you flustered. <laughs> no, the other day that's – damn, again. That <laughs> springs to mind um, is I took an all-day hike with my dad um, when I was in college, I think. We went into the Guadalupe Mountains 
between the border of Texas and New Mexico, and we climbed it, and it took the entire day. Um, and whenever I find myself missing my dad because he doesn't, he's still living, so don't. There's no sob story here. Mm-hmm. But um, I moved away from him. I'd been with my family all my life. I'm pretty, very, very close to my family, and um, they don't live. They so I'm in Florida. They live in Texas, and so whenever I miss my dad a lot, I always think on that hike because we were just talking. We were just kind of shooting the shit. Um, it was like the the greatest one of the the days that I always think about often and I'm always like man I, I want to do that again and uh, I remember afterwards we we were so exhausted from this hike um, it took us eight hours total it took like an hour to get back into town we ate at this this little hole in the wall restaurant that was um, made popular by the fact that John Madden the football announcer would always since he had like this fear of flying uh-huh. he would always come into this town and eat at this one restaurant and the restaurant gave him his own table no person that ever came in except John Madden could ever eat at that table and it was called Chewy's or something. I don't even remember what it was oh, called wow. but it it so we, we ate there. We just kind of pigged out, but we had burned so many calories from walking for eight hours straight that we were just starving. So we went to um, Dairy Queen after that and ate there. And then it was just one of those really great father-son bonding moments, mm. um, something I would love to relive. Now, I'm, I'm sure that would get boring if I have to live there every single day, but I would love to relive that day again. Mm. And then – Another one that springs to mind, <laughs> I've got like five different Groundhog Days, uh, would probably be the day that I married my wife. And I'm not going to give the cliche answer of, oh, the day my daughter was born, because that was actually miserable. I you know what? Most, didn't you, sleep. Only one person said the birth. Everybody usually says, I would not say my kids because I was so fucking stressed out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. It was, it was so – I remember literally – my wife, she got one of those, what do you call it, where they kind of numb you? Uh, even, epidural. That's it. She got that, and the doctor made me sit down because he said so many um, fathers had fainted just from seeing it given to the to their wives or oh, wow. girlfriends or something. And so, yeah, I didn't get any sleep that day, and it was stressed out, and I didn't – I never had a kid before, so I didn't know how to handle it. And It's a lot. Yeah. I wouldn't say that day, but no. yeah, the, those are the, some of the best examples I can give you no. for my day. That's I, I love it. Well, okay, and this might go in. It all kind of connects, but last question. This should be easy. When are you most inspired? When my back is against the wall. So mm-hmm. I find I'm most inspired when I have a lot to lose and I absolutely have to have success at something. So when... I mean, I could give the cliche answer like, oh, yeah, when I listen to like a really cool beat up song or something, beat up song, what is that? It's not even a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I would say like back against the wall type type situation where I feel my well-being is threatened or my family's well-being is threatened and financial well-being, so to speak. I find that's what inspires me the most. And yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. my answer. I love I'm that. curious. What are your answers to these questions? Oh my gosh, um, it's been a while. Never had somebody, a guest ask you that. Uh, what, like a few of them, not somebody to ask me all of them. Um, I, 
you you made me do all it's your turn (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck i got a host on my show he's hosting me um most memorable childhood smell probably um you know i would say that um I've got, you know, I think we all have several. The reason why I asked that question is because smell is our strongest sense memory, actually. So, um, for me, I would probably say, you know, I love the smell of diesel because going back to comic books, my dad had a blue, my dad's plumbing contractor and built houses and stuff, housing contractor, and um, he had a blue tractor. And so, and it was this long kind of almost like, it was old tractor, beat up, needed a paint job, but I love the color, and I always would pretend it was the Batmobile. So oh, yeah, I, that's great. So when I smell diesel, I immediately think I need to be like riding a Batmobile um, <laughs> in the backyard of my house. So that's I don't think I've ever talked about that smell. Um, so that smell, nobody's asked me name of our memoir. Prop, what would be the name of mine? Yours has to be interesting. No, I never actually personality. You're so like like out. <laughs> no, it, it has to be good. Man. I think that um, now that you asked me, I'm like, oh wow, I've never actually thought about this. Man, these are hard questions. Name of my <laughs> memoir. Um, 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 I you know I should probably think of something so, that clever. So the name of your your memoir is um, um, um you know the first uh, thing that that uh comes to my mind is life is not that serious which isn't probably the most like but, no but no that I would like be, it. life I, is not that serious it fits it fits with your personality it probably would be like it's not that bad or it's not that serious that's probably what it would be something maybe like that um thank you i've never thought about that um best piece of advice best piece of advice i wish i'd taken i think would be more of um uh uh work through your fear Meaning, and for me, fear and doubt were so much tied to who I am and being afraid of messing up and making choices. And it goes back all the way um, to, um, or maybe actually more when I say work through your fear, more uh, don't don't listen to the voice of doubt. Like go with their gut of what you initially wanted to do. Because it goes back to just, you know, knowing I shouldn't have been a music major in college, but continuing it. Because I was like, well, I'm four years in on this thing, even though I knew I didn't want to do that. Knowing some friendships I needed probably to let go of earlier that I didn't. But literally all the way back of like my Aunt Peggy up the street from us, she had a go-kart. And I knew she wanted to get rid of the go-kart. And I wanted I wanted that go-kart. You wanted that go-kart so I wanted it so bad. And, um, and this is my aunt who loved me, who I... I, I didn't tell my parents I want them because I was so scared that my parents would say no, so I didn't ask. So mm. I finally told my mom and said, "Mama, I would like to get that go kart." Like, but after she'd been looking for somebody for like a month to take it, and mom said, "Well, baby, walk up the street and ask her and talk to her." So I walked oh, up the no. street and literally, as I'm walking up the street, and I see no. Man Peggy's house. This other kid, who's also his name was Matt. I see him drive it away, and his dad like drive his car. They just oh. bought it, and so like that to me goes. That made it worse. It too, did. You actually physically saw him go off with it. Yes, and I was, and my aunt saw me, and I was, and I was crying. She was because I was young. I was like in fourth grade or something. She's like, "What's wrong, baby?" And I told her, and she said, "Well, honey, I just would have given it to you if you had asked me, you know." And so it was just such. A good a lesson about speak up for yourself. 
Like, go with your gut. Like, it. don't be scared of no. Don't be scared of no. That's good um, advice. I like it. Yeah. Great. Stories always make things so much better, don't they? they like, when you tell a story, it's... They really do. It, have you ever... Well, I'll talk to you this after, because people have heard it. But remind me, I'm going to talk to you about public narrative once I stop recording. Um, you, So, what day would be my Groundhog Day? I think... Today. Today would be your Groundhog Day. You know day. what? You know what? I actually just hosted a podcast. It wasn't a great podcast, honestly. I, I, I through a friend of a friend. It, it, it just is like um, it wasn't the most proud that I've done, but I'm, but I aired it anyway. And um, but one of the it was the first time I asked the guy. I said, well, "He, this guest is like literally looking at their. It's two of them." One of them, he's literally looking at his phone during the entire show. Like during one of the episodes, he he actually said, "Dude, this is." He's like, "I'm bored." Like it was not, it was not a great experience. It was not really. Yes, and that's so rude. It was very rude. But for this answer, I asked, "What day would you agree to Groundhog Day?" And he said, "You know, man." He's like, "I don't know." He's like, "I can't pick a day because you should wake up every day and try to make it be your Groundhog Day." And I was like. I like that answer, though. I was like, all right. You kind of <laughs> redeemed yourself because that's a really fucking good answer. Like, it's made me even think of, like, I don't even know if I'm going to ask that question anymore because I kind of think, like, every day should be your Groundhog Day. Like, come on, fucking live it. So that's my answer to that. I I, I don't – I, it, you know what? It, it probably would be um, – one of my favorite days ever was – uh, my my youngest nephew, who our oldest nephew, who is now 18, he went through this stage like when he was three. I just kind of jokingly said, like, I would look at him and say, who do you love, Dylan? And he would go, <laughs> Uncle Matt. And so then everybody would ask him, who do you love? And he would always say, Uncle Matt. And we were at a family party. And just that whole day of him just saying my name, that he loved me the most, was one of the best days of my life. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh Anyway, when am I most inspired? I'm going to answer this question differently because a lot of people talk about, and maybe you can add to this too, but a lot of people talk about, yeah, I can tell you, you know, when I talk to people like this, I'm totally jazzed right now. Like my boyfriend, after I get, he's going to be like, you need to have a beer and calm down because I'm going to be like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to be jazzed. <laughs> but uh, the time of day, I actually get the most inspired in the afternoon when it's the golden hour, when it's the sun is starting to like about an hour before the sunset, it's like really long rays on like the living room floor. That's often when I try to, if I'm free, I, that's when I try to like meditate or just sit or like I knit. That's when I often will try to knit because that's when I have really great ideas. That's when I have ideas of like uh, that I probably need to write on that fucking board like you have. Like that's so for me, that, that's when I'm most inspired is like usually around like four, between like three and five o'clock. That's like good times for me. Well, between three and five there is like pitch black here. So. Well, yeah. And in daylight savings, then it moves up to like six. I don't yeah, know. Is yeah. there a time of day where you realize you kind of get most of your ideas? Hmm. I would definitely have to say the weekends, actually. Oh, yeah. The weekends is when I get most of my ideas. And it's also like I'm pretty strict with my schedule. And I try to make the weekends all about my family, so I spend a lot of time with them. I'm not above working. If it's something like urgent has to happen, then I'll Mm -hmm. obviously step out. But most of the time I'm spending with them. And that's also most of the time when I'm reading blogs and listening to podcasts and, and just getting ideas from other people. 
and sometimes they inspire me, especially when I feel like I said I have my back against the wall. Mm-hmm. And it it almost gets worse too because it's the weekend and I'm not sort of allowed to work so much. Mm-hmm. And so it just sits there and, and eats at me and I'm like, I, I have to do that. And so mm-hmm. by the time Monday happens, bam, I am ready to hit the ground running on the idea. So that would be kind of how my mind works a little bit. And it, I've gotten inspired, for example, let's say I read something that inspires me a lot on Saturday, and then I kind of sit and think about it a little bit throughout Sunday, and then I realize, no, it's not going to be a good fit for me. Mm. So I find it's kind of like this interesting gauntlet that it goes through before it actually hits the workday on Monday, and Monday through Friday are pretty pretty long work days for me. Mm. But yeah, I don't really have a time of day. I, I'm... I, Real, real late at night, I'm mostly watching TV or watching TV shows or obviously sleeping, but I try not to think about work too much because I can let myself go insane literally if I mm. if I do think about it too much, but that's how I work. Well, that's awesome that you're passionate about it, so that's, that's, that's beautiful, and and speaking of beautiful, that's it. That's the show, Sugar. We're done. <laughs> Weird. Um, so I, I do. I mean this. I love you. Like I seriously love you. I just I, I love talking to you. I could I could do this every week. Um, this but, was fun. I have to admit, it's probably the the funnest I've ever had on an interview. Oh, before. good, good, and good. I, good. I was I, I almost want to steal your idea of having the guest answer questions. I love it. It's so much fun to get the different take on things, specifically different situations. It's genius. I, I oh, think okay. it would be. It, it's that idea I think I may try with the next although it might not go so well if I'll get one of those stuffy psychologists on there that are like no do it this way no yeah so. it just yeah it depends on where you go I mean again it's learning how to vet your guest a little bit so um, yeah although vet please people just say yes and I'm like okay using fun um <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so tell everybody again. So exboyfriendrecovery.com, exgirlfriendrecovery.com. Where where can they uh, find you? And I think I saw like on your website there's a you have a quiz, right? If people Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting quiz because one of the most asked questions I get especially on ex-boyfriend recovery and ex-girlfriend recovery is what kind of chance do I have of getting my ex back? So I figured the smartest way to do it in a mass type situation because i can't obviously there's some unique aspects to everyone's situation but Mm -hmm. the kind of for the masses is to put together this quiz that can kind of give you a general direction and Mm. yeah it'll give you and then after you sign up for the quiz you get two weeks basically free email coaching for me where i send you an email every single day yeah that's that's the websites for you www.exboyfriendrecovery.com and www.exgirlfriendrecovery.com Writing them down. Um, so I remember <laughs> to put them in the show. Uh, that's, I see, I do the entertainment stuff. You think of the smart business stuff too. Um, <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm trying. Well, uh, I, this was great. So for the rest of you, uh, you're, I'll talk to you in a second in the outro when I record that. But for the rest of you, do something uh, for someone this week and thank you Chris Seitzer I just uh, Seider I always say your name wrong <laughs> Chris Seider uh, thank you so so much like you're just and this is going to be on the YouTube so I'm telling you Chris is really hot you guys and he plays tennis and he's really thoughtful so watch the YouTube video and- I am I'm the, the 
Oh God! I, I, yeah, I have just, you ever had that moment where you blank? Yeah, because I've had that you. moment. Yeah, just a very. Oh, uh, and I'll be sure to put. Um, I'm gonna write this down too. Um, I'll put a link to. Um, I mean, you obviously go to ex boyfriend, but if you're what if you're listening to this on the YouTube, I will have uh, a subscribe button down below for your channel as well. Actually, I just subscribed today. Sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're number three thousand seven. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's me. That's me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh and uh we'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, this was a blast. Thanks. Bye.